Hello and welcome to the official PlayStation Magazine podcast, or to give it its French name, Le Podcast de PlayStation Magazine Official. Is that its French name? No. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I'm acting editor Ben Wilson, and joining me today, we're going to speak English for most of it, is uh, staff writer Ben Tyra. Hello. And staff writer Jennifer Simpkins. Bonjour. And are we having a nice day? Yes, yeah, all right, isn't it? We. Oui. It's quite. It's quite warm. It's quite it warm. It is. It's at the really moment. humid. Yeah. Humid with um, the, uh, the the heat of Uncharted 4's release. Which is one of the uh, many hot things fire. we're going to... Hot fire, hot takes flying yeah. around. Yeah, there's going to be some hot takes, there's going to be some new hotness. Yeah, new hotness, hot takes, hot food, hot buffet. I'd quite like a hot buffet while we talk about our hot takes. We should have a hot... Why is there not a hot buffet supplied yeah. for the podcast? Be because then you'd have the sound of us eating on the podcast. As, as we, and as we all know from me munching through stuff, that's the last thing oh, you want to sure hear. there's plenty of people out there who'd love to listen to a bit of uh, Ben Cyrus snacking down. So on, on the menu today, <laughs> see what <laughs> oh, I've done there, uh, we are going to talk about official PlayStation magazine uh, issue number 123. The best uh, one yet. Uh, the best one. This is like WrestleManias, where every time you finish a WrestleMania, they go, it's the best WrestleMania ever. Yep, Except this uh, time it's true. This time it is hopefully true. This I can't, time for realsies. I've missed the last like 2025 because I've been off having babies and stuff. Not me physically, that would be weird. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's it's uh, as good as uh, any of the ones I, I did my in my last reign and certainly in the later stages we've got some genuine exclusives in there some hot exclusives as Jen calls them hot exclusives um, no that is there's a comedy bang bang reference <laughs> it's a that, thing now <laughs> that Jen has co-opted so we should we should preface it. things by saying that it is on sale today uh, as in the day this podcast goes live which is Tuesday the 10th of May the year of our Lord 2016 um, and we do have inside the first magazine review anywhere in the world of Uncharted 4 uh, obviously, you've, you've seen what the internet's made of it. Now you get to see what our lovely magazine makes of it over six pages. Uh, we will go on to talk later about some other bits that are in there. Our cover game is Ghostbusters. Uh, we've got some Mirror's Edge stuff in there and lots of other exciting things. But uh, I think we should crack on and talk about the topical game of the now. The game that came out this morning. It came out this morning, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. And, and I think that... We can't really do this without naming the score. It's like, uh, as a rule on podcasts, I wouldn't name a score. I'd say read the magazine, but I think it's been out in the world for a while. You've seen what the internet has given it. Ben, tell everyone, and it's going to it's going to match up to your name and your sausage capacity. Tell everyone <laughs> what you gave Uncharted Four out of ten. Six out of ten. <laughs> End podcast. <laughs> no, I I did give it a ten. Yes. How much of a deliberation was it? Because this is the first 10 I've given for the mag, there was a lot of deliberating. There was a few texts I sent you, but having said that, I... There some pictures as well that I really didn't need to say. <laughs> that was meant for my girlfriend, think, sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, I think I got a few of those yeah. in, in the mix, so... Uh, you definitely was, did not was, get any of those pictures. That was the, the uncharted territory I did not want to explore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Uncharted 4, A Few Send is a much different Uncharted game to what has come before and I think all the better for it. Um, obviously the influence of The Last of Us is quite pronounced in how the game paces itself. This isn't like Uncharted 2 or Uncharted 3 where it was rat-a-tat-tat, set piece, set piece, set piece. This is actually a lot more considered. Um, we were talking about this because, Ben, you are 12 missions in. I am 12. I've just finished the 12th mission, yeah. And we're all at different stages. Jen hasn't played it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm very obsessed with Dark Souls, so I've got no time for anything else right now. <laughs> I'm roughly halfway through and Ben has finished it. So we're all kind of uh, uh, somewhere on the spectrum of the experience. And one of the, uh, one of the most um, important things, I think, going into Uncharted 4 is watching how at the start of the game, it's very methodical, but also it's kind of easing you into how the game 
now operates from the start with the grappling hook yep. and in Italy especially. We'll try to remain very sort of low-key on spoilers, but we might talk about locations here and there. So please don't hate me if uh, I go too far in one direction. What if they, someone already hated you? Uh, they can carry on hating me. Okay, Just like Maybe they'll be excited that you're dropping spoilers. They'll be like, I like that kid. He's got yeah, guts. maybe we'll turn it yeah, around. I, He's got attitude. Because the internet has always made a very big point of loving it when you spoil stuff. Well, um, consider this your fair warning, because Benny T's got some hot takes. So in, in Italy, to get back on track, to get back on the map. Um, so in Italy, there it, you start off by clambering, but you see how the... Um, hook is used and then later on you see how you can tag enemies and how the new staff mechanics are used uh, but as the game goes on it gets bigger it gets broader and it's just so much fun to go through so it really like, is how how like free is the combat because i remember watching the um the kind of gameplay footage that went around the madagascar level with the jeep and stuff and there's a bit where you kind of use the grappling hook and swing that across and he kind of like jumps on enemies is there a lot of that sort of kind of new combat with the grappling hook or uh, it's not, not used I wouldn't say it's used that often for combat no I mean in, in certain areas you'll have you'll see the grappling hook icon and you can use it uh, the Madagascar one's a really good point to talk about because that's already been out there so I feel less bad about talking about it <laughs> I the way I used it in Madagascar when I got to the top of this tower was to hook it on and swing down and get quickly across from place to place. In other areas, it might be there and it might allow you to get around the back of enemies. Mm. Um, but it's not used as much for combat as it is for the clambering, which is, again, um, the best the series has ever been for that. Oh, the game is built around it. Absolutely. Yeah. It really, it really, it's, it's more of a platformer in many ways. If like, if Ratchet and Clank's a platformer, then Uncharted is a platformer as well because of the amount of uh, sort of climbing you do, and that's down to the relationship between Sam and Nate, and a lot of the game is built around that relationship. And I think for for the game to work, Sam needed to be a character in his own right. He couldn't be airdropped in and retconned in for the sake of it. And he really is. You know, he can tell he's a Drake. He's got Nate's charm, but he's a bit more cynical than him. I read a lot of uh, reviews online so far, um, and Sam seems to be a pretty divisive character. Um, because I've read a lot of reviews where they say, oh, you know, our Games Radar review as well um, seemed to say, oh, I'm not sure how well Sam fits. But you thought he was quite a good fit for the series and he was a Drake. And, and do, you, do you have any idea why kind of the character might be divisive? Um, yes, because I think it's down to what people want from Uncharted 4. Um, I think there's an element of if you wanted just Uncharted 3 or Uncharted 2, but bigger and with PS4 visuals, and that's and this is a this is a big departure from what the series has done before, and I think that's why Sam is divisive. He a, represents a a much more sort of um, a a more mature sort of foil for Drake. It's not all quips with Sam, and there's a lot of quips. This isn't to say that the game takes itself too seriously. It's just that in the past, Uncharted was very much a case of action archetypes running about having fun whereas now Druckmann Australia have tried to give a bit of shading a bit of depth to those archetypes that didn't exist in the series before and with uh, with Sam's character people have responded to that with he's kind of a killjoy or putting him into the story slows it down yeah, I whereas I don't I, I didn't get that impression myself there's also an element of good cop bad cop which is you know the case that uh, Nathan Drake has always been a thief, but at the same time, you've always felt that at heart he's a good guy. Whereas I think Sam, from the beginning, you wonder about his motives. Uh, he seems to be a little more, a little bit more 
uh, no, I can just I can tell you a bit of the story. So he's been in prison for fifteen years. He comes out. His his reason for getting back in touch with Drake isn't for brotherly love. It's for cool hard cash. And so you 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 know you see it from Nate's point of view where he's got his brother back. He's so delighted. Uh, he's he, you know it drags him back into this game. He's tried to stay out of. Uh, it causes friction in his relationship without going too much detail. Um, and, you know, so Sam, like, knocks over all these dominoes for Drake and causes him this untold world of hurt. And it doesn't really seem to have any um, consequences for himself. So, uh, and, and as I say, that's that's, self, that's trying to not be too spoilery. And I'm only halfway through the game. I don't know how the rest of it plays out. But I can see why, although Sam is quite a cool guy and you, it, brilliantly voiced by, by Troy Baker, as you would expect, uh, you can see why people would be a little bit uh, reluctant to be on his side, you know. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, that that tells I hope me I a lot. Too no, much no, no. It tells me a lot more about his character because I think I think just by like in a natural sense, the idea of like a new character and suddenly Nathan Drake's got a brother who we've never heard about in the series. And what is this? And everyone's naturally suspicious. So it's interesting to see kind of like how that character will play out. And you were saying, but the even though um, kind of the game sounds like pretty intense and it's doing a lot of like new things with relationships and stuff. That's interesting. But you're saying it doesn't really take it too, itself too seriously either. And obviously, uh, Uncharted, a lot of the series has been about Nathan's amazing one-liners. So there, are there any like standout kind of one-liners that you can think of in so, this one? Yeah, but again, I wouldn't want to really... I mean, I didn't mean specifically, but are they kind of like a different kind of one-liner? Because like, there'd be ones in like Uncharted 2 where they're cheeky, but... No, he's still like, the same character. Yeah, I mean, they're... they're it's you know like this is still Nathan Drake it's just the fact that and again like this this takes itself it's very hard to explain because it's not like The Last of Us which is very po-faced very serious but it's nowhere near um, as uh, playful as the other Uncharted's were but yeah there's like there's there's a few later on but there's a sort of things where the incidental dialogue you hear in the background it you, you chuckle you have a little grin yeah uh it's you know that it is supremely well written and again the dialogue is probably the best the series has ever been as well and i think this is what um with uncharted 4 what a lot of it will boil down to is how fans react to the way the series goes there's plenty of people who i think will be disappointed by the slower pacing by the way the game is not as um, fussed on rushing you through the game, on like right. putting you to, to use something from Uncharted 2 to putting you, strapping you into a train and then hurtling it off the tracks. Slower pace, but when you do get to the bigger set pieces, I cannot put into words just how insanely awesome the uh, E3 demo was i mean i guess i just, just i did just put it into words so that's <laughs> terrible job as a writer well, and as a person well speaking of um i suppose you've given this game a 10 out of 10 it's uh it's got a gold award as well um it's pretty special if you had to sum up uncharted 4 in one word ben i think i think there's a word that you've mentioned a lot around the office that i would immediately spring to mind you know i don't i wouldn't want to boil it down to a word i think this is i think the best thing about Uncharted 4 is that this could have been a a massive blockbuster game that just hurtled you through set pieces, but it's a lot a lot more complex than that, and a lot more human than that. And oh, I guess you so human. nearly you so human's a good word. Human, yeah. See, I would human. say climactic. Ah, uh, see, do you know what? After all the, your your both of your conversations in the office recently, I would have thought you would have gone for confident. Ah, uh, you see, confident has been used so much. Uh, we were talking with Matt Gilman, who is Games Master Editor this morning, and he said, I see it everywhere, like the word confident. And it is, like, the game allows itself 
yourself to have these big long stretches where you're just exploring your house where you're not shooting people um there's one chapter chapter four and it is it it perfectly sums up what naughty dog are trying to do now and they're trying to become a much more adult storytelling developer they accomplished it with The Last of Us. They accomplished it with Uncharted 4. And it will be fascinating to see how they carry on developing because there are elements of games like Gone Home in Uncharted 4. That's It's a really, really uh, fascinating way to end the series and the best possible way as well. So, I, I don't believe that Naughty Dog have ever been anything less than confident. I mean, it, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And if you speak to those guys going back to Uncharted 1, Amy Hennig, who's not there anymore, Evan Wells... Um, Druckmann, etc., Straley, uh, they're always, they've got the utmost confidence in themselves and their studio. I would say that the key words, this this one wouldn't be confidence, it would be maturity uh, or mature, whichever, you know, pick, pick one or the other. Uh, it's, the, it's the lessons learned from the scale of Uncharted sort of reined in a little bit with what they know from The Last of Us, just turned into a more realistic adventure. Now, that's not to say, of course, that uh, climbing, you know, 100 foot high ruins is is possible in real life and, and you know there's lots of stuff where you have to leave your um sense of um you know being grounded literally and figuratively at the door um mm. but i would say in terms of their demonstrating their chops to make a, a game that s- still retains the same storyline and some over the top set pieces but also has a degree of believability and a sense that you can relate to it um i'd say this is by far the, the, the their most accomplished outing so, so Ben Tyra, I want to know, now that you have finished the game, Ben Wilson, you haven't quite finished it yet, but Ben, now that you've finished the game, being a huge Uncharted fan, this is obviously a thief's end, is it really, do you want it to be the end? Do you feel like this is the end? Or yes, do you think, without a shadow of a doubt. I want ask more. you a question. <laughs> I want more, but I might feel differently that, when I reach you, Like, the that's end. what I mean. Like, do you think there's um, kind of room for, like, spin-offs, maybe something to do with Elena or Sam, or, but you're, you're done, you're checked out. No, I mean, now. that's the end now. That's, there'll be, there'll be single player DLC. And again, I won't talk too much about that sort of stuff, but I, there are ways it can spin off into DLC. I think if they, they cannot do anything else with the story now. I would love to, as we were talking about in a podcast a few weeks ago, it would be amazing to see them take that sort of framework for the series but transfer it to different characters. But I think in terms of Nate's story, that world, the Uncharted storyline, like it is unequivocally finished. It is done. Anything else in that universe will only, for me, will have to work that much harder to prove it's just not a, a cash-in because the way the way it ends, there's no ambiguity. Wow. Um, and I mean, I think, it's also fair to say that we have given it a 10. Um, it is a very much a once-in-a-generation game. It's not without flaws. Um, and I think if you read the review, um, I do touch upon a few little bits and bobs. And it's interesting we bring up the end because I think there are ways in which the ending is a little underwhelming and then it does claw itself back. But right. I'm going to be very... I'm going to leave that as it is. But no ambiguity, that's interesting. So yeah, 10 out of 10, perhaps a little faults along the way, but as you said, Ben Wilson, human perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Not without its faults, but pretty special nonetheless. You know, and, and, I mean, a lot of people have touched on the pacing and former my former Depsy editor, Leon, um, reviewed it for Games Radar and said he felt the, the, the start was too slow. I absolutely love the start. You know, you kind of, uh, again, without giving too much away, you jump around periods a little bit. Um, you'll do the, the pace really... Uh, it, it's like, I guess, pedestrian in terms of there's no like huge set piece, 
but in terms of actually pacing to it, you're still it still varies up locations, it still varies up what you're doing. Um, I'm trying to say this without giving too much away, but the first four levels were, uh, I think, all perfectly um, placed in terms of bridging the gap between the last few games. And also, if they'd opened with like a, uh, an Uncharted 2-style set piece, everyone would have just compared it to Uncharted 2. What they've done with this game is it, it opens differently to all three of the rest of them. And, uh, you know, you can't make any natural... Uh, comparison to any of the first three games in terms of, oh, this 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 set piece at the start of two, how it weighs up to this one at the start of four, etc. Because it is notably different from the others. Uh, and and I, I really like that. Um, and yeah. I think it sets the scene perfectly for the rest of the story. Um, and it... How can I phrase this? The intro makes... The, or the, the opening stuff makes even more sense when you get later into the game, if, that, if, if you know what I mean, Ben. I do. Because we're going to have to be very coy about this. Yes. Um, and but... people who played it will know what I mean. And people who and Jen hopefully doesn't know what I mean because she's making a face that suggests she doesn't, which is good. Which is even better and for the people who listen to the podcast. Like, what are they going on about? They're, say, <laughs> they're saying words and they're meaning nothing. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those experiences which I think if you go in as blind as possible, it you will just have an amazing time with it. I don't think I've played an adventure on PS4. I've enjoyed as much, and it, as as a as a fan of the series, is everything I wanted from the final one. And I, I think that you know the, the the great thing and the, the scary thing, but more I think it's great is that now it raises the bar for development on PS4, and now it's over oh. to you, the rest of the development community, because you've got to try and top this. Well, that's the thing, and I've I, I not graphics, wanted any guys. spoilers, but that's yeah, graphics. this is the thing. Like I keep seeing all these screenshots from photos. Oh, the graphics are. And the, oh insane. my god! Like, you can't distinguish it from real life. Like some of the some of the levels. It's it is the best looking game on any console, without a shadow of a doubt. This is now the gold standard for uh, visuals in games. Nuts. There's scenes in there that's like. Let's keep it spoiler free. Okay. We've got to, we've got to, because people might be buying this, and we've got to, we've got to keep their ears pure and clean from right. all the spoilers. Unsullied. But there's scenes in there, Unsullied. From no pun intended, all across the globe, all <laughs> these different locations. Everyone is so like perfectly honed. It's like going on a you know on a hol- on a series of different around on on a yeah a series of different holidays in the space of a few days from from your own sofa. There's so many different environments, and. Lord knows what their research much their research budget must have been because they're all brought to life just beautifully. The sense of like light of color, you know, they go to all these different places where you've got dark underground levels. You've got uh, again, oh, it's so hard not to talk about spoilers, yeah. but you've got the whole range of everywhere. You've, all, you you've got the Madagascan go. plains, which we've yeah. already seen from the preview event. Okay, as yeah, well. you can talk about those. Yeah, um, yeah, I think people will be blown away, and I think to round off Uncharted Four. Uh, to finish, to give the final Uncharted forecast, a Ben just holds his arms aloft. Yeah, victorious. The best. <laughs> he said pun. the word forecast. Yeah. <laughs> you get Drake wet, and his clothes still cling to him in a rather sorry, that's what? the thing you smouldering manner. That's that's your abiding memory of Uncharted. Wet Drake is wet yeah. Drake. Wet Drake. Wet back Drake is back and guys. better than ever. And wetter than ever. <laughs> 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 oh, actually, no. You know what? Let's leave it. That, that's the line. Drake back <laughs> and wetter than ever. Yeah. So Ben has written a lovely six-page review in this issue. Please do check it out. As it I say, is issue one, two, three it is on sale now, and uh, we should probably from there we should probably talk about this month's cover game, also covered by Ben Tyra, who had quite a busy <laughs> month last month. Um, still recovering. <laughs> still recovering. Uh, it is Ghostbusters on Woo-hoo. PlayStation Four. It is coming. Uh, it is not necessarily what you what you would expect. It's um, uh, 
it's a am I right, Ben? It's a new game based off new characters. Yes. It doesn't specifically tie into the new film. Um I guess for It does tie in. It does tie in, sorry, but it yeah. doesn't have the four female leads no. from the Ghost. So the new film, yeah, as you as you said, this one has uh, two women, two men. Um, and they are a new Ghostbusters team. I think the first thing that will strike most people about the game is the art style. This yeah. is um, very cartoony in, I think, a good way. Um, I think so. It kind of gives me like, like a, a callback to the real. You're, you, you're both. I'm the real Ghostbusters. I remember the real Ghostbusters. You remember from the womb, do you? No, I have the VHS. Oh, well, there you go. Is that is that what? Because you've uh, Ben Wilson's actually written a sort of Ghostbusters chronology. In I this have issue as well. written from all the way back um, to 1980, which I when was I was born, through. and these two weren't. Yeah, and we hmm. we had no idea of all this, so I, I was reading through and sort of uh, boning up on my Ghostbusters history. And yeah, the real Ghostbusters was that the cartoon. That was the cartoon. There that was a comic a big series as well that it kind of looks a lot like some of the art for this game. So yeah, strangely, wow. the um, so in the early 80s when Ghostbusters came out, they didn't really think about it. they didn't. Obviously, no, uh, Aykroyd and uh, Ramis and Co. and Ivan Reitman, the director, they didn't know that it was going to be the commercial success it turned out to be. And of course, in this day and age, whether you're looking at Jurassic Park or uh, you know a- any major blockbuster, there are ranges of toy lines and Lego things and all sorts that have released the time with these uh, projects. But with Ghostbusters, there was no toy line. There was nothing. The film came out. It was a huge hit back in 1984. And no one could buy any merchandise. And so what they did in the meantime was... It's like my nightmare. Yeah, so in the mid-80s, 86, 87, I think it, it was. It's in the chronology. Um, they instead released a cartoon, which I remember well, well called The Real Ghostbusters. Um, they, I don't think they wanted to spend the money on likenesses for uh, Murray and Co. So they used... Uh, the, the, the characters shared the same, na- same names um, as those from the film, but the likenesses were sort of changed, um, stylized. Uh, to make them a bit larger than life and a bit less like the act- the actors, uh, and I think the, uh, the the long story short point I'm trying to make here is that uh, the art style reminds me of that. Uh, it's uh, it's still very unmistakably Ghostbusters, but not in the same manner you might think. So um, a little bit of background for the feature is that we got the world's first hands-on. Yep, the world's first hands-on with you, the game. I believe at the moment, Ben, and the only journalist who's played it in the world. It is an honour and a privilege. It is an honour. <laughs> and, and you thought um, it was a little bit like Diablo, right? Yes, I did. And do you like Diablo? Uh, I do like that sort of top-down action RPG. But it's it's very it's a twin stick okay. uh, with action RPG elements to go alongside it. So um, you level up your Ghostbuster as you go throughout the game. Um, and the shooting is reminiscent of uh, the recent game that's just come out on PSN, Alienation. So actually, to be fair, having had our hands on with Ghostbusters and then going off to play Alienation there was a lot of similarities between the two and so Busters is, is, is single player it's four player co-op four player it co-op, is I um, so you can play it up to four players offline only though offline only which let's be fair is very surprising refreshing um, because of the fact that it's very rare these days to see a game actually built around offline co-op yeah, and everyone loves couch co-op as well. Like, I mean, quite often I prefer playing on the couch with my buddies. So, I suppose you, you, you know, it's a, it's a good game to just like sit down and sort of like party games, sit it's, down, and, like crack out a few levels together. I suppose it's an odd one because I think for most people these days, you know, it's a lot rarer for you to go, oh, come over, we're going to do some co-op together. I think most people, if they're going to play co-op, play it online. Um, that's not again. This isn't to take away from the game. Hopefully, this will have enough where if you have a group of mates together, then you can just sit down and go through it. But for me, it sort of gives that impression where it's a proper family game where if you and 
let's say you decide to get Scarlet into games, what better one than the first Ghostbusters where you can uh, drag around levels and get, uh, give her the feel of it while introducing what? her to Slimer? Ben, three. Would she not be scared? This is the thing, is that I was having a little watch of Ben playing it in the office. Yeah, you did. So you snuck into the room. I did. I did have a cheeky And you said, you, you did say that you quite like, was it the boss battle you saw? Yeah, exactly. And I was just about to say, because you're saying, oh, I like get your kids in. But in a way, some of them are really quite spooky looking. And kind of the art style is a, a, a little bit, I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, it's kind of like fun and colourful. And, you know, maybe it's not going to be the kind of like, slightly weird and strange Ghostbusters that I always kind of used to be a little mm. bit scared of when I was little but it still kind of retains that sort of like proper actually spooky factor like some of the bosses are really quite um, really quite and, and some of the different ghosts are quite unnerving and the way that uh, the bosses like have different behaviours when uh, I was watching Ben fighting them and stuff it was really interesting to see him trying to like deal with like teleporting ghosts and stuff and, and there's some real sort of little moments that do like make you jump when you're watching sort of little environmental like pops yeah I think this is the stuff they should have honed in on I, I, you know our, we were putting the mag together and they released the first trailer and, and the trailer let's be honest um, got a bit of negative reaction online and, and was probably a bit of a misstep really because it made it sound kiddie-rific. The, yeah. the, the voice, uh, um, the voiceover was sort of comical. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think they probably uh, got that somewhat wrong. Whereas, you know, Ben, you interviewed uh, a guy called Chris Tremel from Fireforge. It's yep. been developed by a new studio called Fireforge. Um, you interviewed the guy and he's got some serious stuff on his CV. You know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Chris had worked has worked for Insomniac. Uh, he'd worked for EA, Crystal Dynamics. And I think one of the things it was interesting, you mentioned the comic earlier, because having a chat with him, like that sort, they were going for that style. They were looking at how um, they can sort of incorporate stuff from the comics. And I got the impression from the guys that it was a real sort of love letter, not to the new film, but all of the Ghostbusters universe. He made a very big point of saying that when they were making the game, they actually managed to sit down with Ivan Reitman and sort of have a chat with him, show him their ideas. And that's that's a big deal, getting in a room with him and like showing the guy who made the Ghostbusters, we're going to make something in this universe. What do you think? It's one definitely to keep an eye on. If they manage to get the sort of frantic twin stick style with that whole sort of slightly lighter RPG stuff, but having mates on the sofa, you know, it could be a really fun game. And there's definitely elements of it which I really, really got into during the hands-on. There's just like, we've got a few little concerns about what direction the game's going to go in. But we also talked about it in the magazine. So as I say, Ghostbusters on sale now, iconic, you know, can't miss logo on the packaging. <laughs> uh, you know, please do pick it up. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy Ben's feature and hopefully you'll enjoy my chronology as well. Um, but what we also did on this uh, feature, and we've got to grill Jen about, is we did the tie-ins we both, mo we all want most. Uh, because it is, I've coined it the year of the tie-ins, so there's loads of other good stuff coming this year. There's the Batman game from Telltale. Uh, there's the South Park game. Yes. I love the first South Park that's coming. <laughs> Uh, Walking Dead season three, is it? Yeah, Lego um, Star Wars. Lego Star Wars. So it's, it is, you know, tie-ins are probably the most criticised game in, the genre, sorry, in gaming and, and justifiably so. Um, but this is shaping up to be a really strong year. Um, but we are greedy piggies, as you will know from listening to Ben talk about <laughs> sausages. We always want more. Yes. And so in the magazine we've also done, and we'll cover this briefly, are um, the tie-ins we want the most. And um, 
I think in the last month in the office, the most excited I've seen anyone <laughs> was when I asked Jen what her answer to this, to this question would be. And Jen said... <laughs> Red line. <laughs> and then she, she listed, and then, and then honestly, I, about seven pages I, worth yeah, of no, ideas. seriously, it was probably like 2,000 words of like how this, uh, this Red Line game would work. And Ben was like, we just don't have room, Jen. Please cut it down to like 150. Well, I think I, 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 think I initially <laughs> said 250 and you wrote that and then we cut it down to like 125. Yeah, and you were like, oh, there's going to have to just... Some stuff's gonna have to go, and the I'm word just giving you came out. Um, yeah, just simply because Redline is um, uh, for those not in the know. Uh, if you're kind of an anime fan, you might know there's a, a basically a, a, a racing, <laughs> a racing anime movie. Uh, whereas if you've ever watched Wacky Races, it's kind of like that. It's like really insane, like death-defying, crazy stunts with like homing missiles and stuff on cars. Um, but it's like very adult and it's set in space. So it's kind of got like a Star Wars, like pod racing vibe um, and with like insane, like wacky characters and it's very colorful and like it's got this incredible soundtrack. Um, so I was like, I am extremely desperate to have some sort of like incredible racing game like like that. Um, so I got way too excited about that and then wrote it, got all excited and then quickly became really quite depressed because I was like, this is never gonna happen. <laughs> um, so that kind of put me off my work for the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> But, but you've recovered now. I've recovered just, just about. I went home. I watched the movie a good again. Idea. I cried a few tears. It is a good idea. Um, but yeah, like I definitely recommend if you if you just fancy action movies, like go watch that. It is ridiculous and funny. And then you can uh, get get on the internet and uh, sign my petition. Kickstarter, <laughs> maybe that's what it needs <laughs> for someone to make the game. Yeah, yeah. I would. I don't think I'd be able to make it. Tyrant, <laughs> what was your choice? Uh, the Wire. Because uh, I don't know. It's it's a very hard one to explain. Because the Wire definitely should not work as a. Uh, as a tie-in, but I just... So what kind of, like, genre would it be? It would be a Telltale game, I think. It would be in the style of a Telltale game. In terms of just, like, The Wire as a TV show is just perfectly detailed. Like, it is almost documentary-like in its attention to detail. And we were chatting about this in the office. Like, you cannot watch The Wire and half-ass it. You need to pay full, 100% attention to it. And for a game to, like, demand that from you as well... But have you, like, playing as McNaughty and Bunk and going about solving crimes? I think I ended it by saying, like, the only... You get a dialogue wheel and all the answers on it should just be the F word. <laughs> I'm not allowed to swear on the podcast, but if anybody's watched The Wire, they'll all know the scene. I it's the S word from what I've seen of The Wire. <laughs> Isn't that the one? That's Clay Davis. Clay Davis, oh, yes. Right. Yeah, no, no this there's also a very famous Wire scene where they... Uh, spoilers, come on, if you haven't watched The Wire now, which I know Jen has. <laughs> Hurry up. Um, then, then do it. But there's a there's a famous scene in, I think, episode one or episode two. Where it's episode three. It's all the, one word. They check out a crime scene and there's one word um, repeatedly used in the whole scene. And I've to this day, I argue, again, mentioning Leon, uh, my ex deputy editor, who's done some... Uh, stuff in this issue of the mag actually um we argue to this day because he says that was a point where it, it that, that was the point that put him off the wire for life because really? he thought it was too uh too, much. too sort of too convoluted oh, right. and i was like no 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 it's uh i i love that scene you know yeah because there's you know as writers you're always told there's a, there's a better way of of doing it than swearing mm. um i don't necessarily agree with that i think there is a place for swearing in the, the right time uh, 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 you know um in the right context um but yeah, that scene I I always loved. I thought you know to write a whole scene around uh, a swear word. It's ballsy. Um, it's ballsy, and it uh, worked pretty effing well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's 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 the best thing, uh, and that's why a, a a game of the wire would work if you can marry that attention to detail and that like not even that attention to detail, that absolute commitment you must have for the game, along with the sort of. Uh, 
the storylines of that real world Baltimore, I'd be down to clown with it. Well, would you would you entrust it to Telltale or are they on a bit of a, a downward? I would. I well, I mean, you, you never. So, Jim, what did you you reviewed a Telltale game last I month? I did. It was a Telltale game. It was a Minecraft Story Mode. <clears> episode right. five came out, which is basically kind of supposed to be the season finale. Although episode four felt very much like the season finale in that they beat a big boss and someone important died, um, and then kind of episode five was sort of tacked on. But like, it's not only the finale to the last one, even though it doesn't really feel like one. It's kind of part of the second season as well, which has now been kind of confirmed just coming um and it's no secret i i reviewed the first episode which was meh, i think i gave it a six out of ten um and and then the the following episodes i didn't actually review in the mag um but i was extremely cold on them some of them were really quite shocking <laughs> some of the writing in it you just wouldn't expect it from a telltale game i don't think like a lot of it felt kind of a little bit lazy uh, which was really disappointing because i think it's a great idea for a game and i love minecraft and i think you know telltale could do really really big things with it anyway episode five kind of came out of nowhere because it was actually really good really good I was shocked. So they're not on a downward trend. They're no. fine. Well, it kind of like started off and I was like, oh, is, is it kind of, are they are they phoning this in? It felt a little bit tacked on. Um, but kind of as, as the episode went on, it really started to pick up into some really interesting places. So I'll be really interested to see if they sort of find their feet with the whole thing uh, in season two because I don't really think season yeah. one was successful. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by the last episode. So, so you know, maybe Telltale of... Uh, well, because you're, I was, what I was going to say was, Ben, also, you're, you're playing Walking Dead Michonne at the moment and you're not a huge fan of that, are you? What's the... Uh, What's the deal with these guys? They're, they're, they're probably, uh, over the last three or four years, you know, the, or certainly one of the most revered studios in the world. So, you know, what, have they gone off the boil? Or I don't think there's... Is a case of too many games coming out, too many teams? Definitely a case of too many games, you know, like Telltale have almost turned their style into its, uh, its own genre. Um, the problem with Michonne, and I'll get into it, that review isn't in this issue, that's the next one. Um, Michonne as a character is already defined. Like Those games work because you're defining characters, you're making the choices of which they will uh, have to live with throughout the game, or you'll have to live with. Like Michonne doesn't have that because she's already been set out in the comic, set out in the show, so it's very narrow paths for her to go down. And the whole thing reeks of, well... This is this is here because why not? Because we've got this character and we can make a game around her. There's no Michonne doesn't do anything that tells me anything new about her, anything new about The Walking Dead, and it doesn't I like it commits the great sin of being boring. Um yeah, so I think interesting Telltale with a wire game, which will never happen because David Simon would so never no, sign no, off on no it. No wire game for uh, Telltale. Who'd you uh, give it to? Myself. I learn how to code. <laughs> I we're, get we're deep into to coding. We're going to have those petitions, those, those online uh, petitions. I, I, I think The Wire is a game I'll be happy never comes out. It is a, a grand dream which would never be realised. Well, back to another game that I really, really want to come out because uh, Ben Wilson immediately plumped for this tie-in idea and I want it to happen also because I, like you, I'm a big fan and that is Thundercats. Oh, wait, you're a big Thundercats fan? How did I, I not know this? I Thundercats. I had the... the VHS of like loads of I had series. many VHS I had all the toys so as well good. I recently paid quite a lot of money for all the toys in mint condition with um, their Understandable. accessories Understandable. and they take pride of place in my li- well less pride of place since I have children and actually you know children's things all over the place but they are still on a very high shelf in my living room on how on earth would the Thundercats game work how would the Thundercats game work I would like to see it be a bit like the Transformers and Turtles. Well, I, mean, I guess they're slightly different. I, w- I would like to see it be the th- sort of third in the series from Platinum after Transformers and uh, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think you've got four um, distinct characters there all with unique weapons. Imagine the boss battles, like um, Tiger, Lino, Chitara, and Panther all teaming up to combat Mumra and um, the Berserkers. Do you, do you know the Berserkers? No. Uh, the Berserkers were like uh, a group of seafaring badasses in Thundercats. Um, Hammerhand had, can you guess what Hammerhand's special ability was? Uh, don't know, chainsaw? Good uh, DIY. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, and there's like, that's, that show went a bit mad. I don't know if anyone knows this, but there was actually two series. And in the second really? series, the main villains were the Lunatax. Ooh. Um, Wowzers. Yeah. Well, hey. Wowzer. Are um, they like pushpins pins from space? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no? they, they were not much more powerful than that, actually. <laughs> um, they were not a well-scripted bunch of guys. But in, um, gaming form there's lots of lore they could go into there you know exhume those characters and actually make them half decent instead of the uh, giant sack of ball baggery they were way back <laughs> when um, oh, but got, you know you've got time for that phrase your <laughs> iconic characters like Mumra, Slythe, Monkey and you know there's, there's loads of stuff you could do with that and uh, Marmot Marmot can go away Marmot was Mumra's dog um, for anyone who doesn't remember Marmite. Did you Mar- love him or Mar- hate Mar-Mutt. him? M-U-T-T oh. <laughs> you loved him or hated him I, I imagine you hit him he's yeah. like the, he's uh, and people you know you say um, so true Thundercats fans hated the original Marmot and hated the original Snarf. But yeah, I love true. Snarf. Yeah, no. Snarf. So when they brought back the Thundercats in, I think it was 2011, 2012, um, when they you know redrew it all, made uh, retcon the storyline to an extent. Some of them were the same. You know that in the in the retcon um, there was a big three way love triangle between Lionel, uh, Panthro. Oh. Not Panther, Lino, Tiger, and uh, ch- uh, I need to say Chun Li, Chitara. Chun- yeah, Chun Li was in it <laughs> as well crossover. randomly. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not down with love triangles and Thundercats. Um, no, no, but no. yeah, when they brought them back, because uh, people hate Snarf so much in the original, Aww. Snarf couldn't speak. It's brilliant. That's incredible. He just make little noises like the stupid dog <laughs> cat thing he is. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our Ghostbusters sort of hands-on, world-first hands-on. Really? Um, <laughs> that sounded like Thundercats. <laughs> yeah. Thundercats? Thundercats versus Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. um, that's in the mag, along with the lovely Ghostbusters chronology and our little tie-in feature where we do go through kind of the tie-ins we're most looking forward to and the ones we want to see to find out prodded Andrew Westbrook's uh, most yeah, wanted you tie-in. You're going to have to read the mag. Um, but yeah, that's all in the latest very very exciting and uh, switching from Chitara to another badass uh, speedy lady we go to uh, someone called Faith from Mirror's Edge Catalyst which we've also previewed this issue and uh, Ben you've been playing you like to call it the beta I call it the beta tomato tomato potato potato Uh, you have been playing the Catalyst beta and quite enjoying it I think yeah well you know what they say you've got to have Faith um, Jen, so let's tell a little bit of backstory. Uh, I put on the I, I put on the mag on, on the magazine on the uh, packaging for this issue the old "Got to Have Faith" one, which uh, I quite like. I didn't realise that um, Jen really does not this, like this whole idea of uh, faith puns. I saw she's been tested to the limit it's, and it's, had enough. It's puns in general. I would say, is it fair to say that I normally have quite a sunny disposition? Maybe, maybe not on deadline. Yeah, I think um, it's fair. I'm I mean, I don't like positive. to compliment anyone generally, but yeah, I think you're probably um, right. But if I hear a pun that I do not agree with, uh, maybe because I've seen it all over the internet five million times because people can't have an original thought, I get irrationally angry. <laughs> you are the pun gun shooting down I am terrible. The pun gun. I've been in the pun gun. Phraseology. Any sort of faith pun now that we've had. Obviously, the first Mirror's Edge, which was great. Now, Catalyst's coming along, and the faith puns are coming back in full force, and I cannot be doing with them. Has your faith in puns been tested? Mm. 
Hey, I'm not talking about faith the character. My I'm faith, my faith in humanity has been tested. <laughs> but we, uh, we did, we did. Uh, I did have to kind of concede and put one on the wallet, uh, just because apparently you have got to have faith. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so I let you get away with that you one. You do got to have faith. I like I like glass puns because of like City of Glass. I, I I can go with that. I can even I can even get behind the speed running sort of puns with Mirror's Edge because I feel like they're less done. I feel like everyone does the faith thing. I, I feel know. like we've come unprepared now. We should have had Jen's five Mirror's Edge puns. Oh, this that will, are still this will happen next time. It'd be like puns that Jen ha- is sick of. It was like when Fallout right, Four came what, out and everyone was like, uh, "Blank, blank, never changes." Here so we I'm go. In like, in two weeks' time, right? So we do a <laughs> podcast every two weeks now for our minisode. For our next minisode, Jen is going to have. Her list of the top five Mirror's Edge puns that are still acceptable. I'm going to kick That off. is a thing. I'm going to kick First off. Five one, Mirror's Edge puns coming your way. Uh, pain in the glass. I mean, yeah, I can, I can get behind that. Let's not That's use them fine. all now. This is, Jen's going to have a little <laughs> segment in the next podcast. We yeah, promised but I, it. I, I wanted to get mine in so it makes mm, it harder for her. You're being... Oh. <laughs> so let's, you're let's, being a glass hole, mate. Ah! Doesn't so really, let's really, get back really to Mirror's sense. Edge Catalyst. Yes. Obviously, you've got to have faith. Yes. <laughs> And but why do you got to have faith? What's um, so good about it? I'm going to burn this place to the ground. What? So anyway, with Mirror's Edge, um, it the beta gives you the intro, and then it uh, goes straight into um, the sort of more open worldy type Mirror's Edge gameplay, which is really weird because it's not an open world; it's more a series of levels which are all connected to each other, but it's not in. Um, it's not like you go into one place and you see a loading screen. It's just one sort of long track which you will see various different bits of. Um, I think the most important thing is that from having played the beta and the more I got into it, uh, you start to get a feel of movement again and of um, how the game starts getting that flow back. It's also a lot bigger and a lot more ambitious than the first Mirror's Edge was, which was we have a very tightly scripted level from here to here. Whether or not it will work in its favour or against it, because I'm a huge fan of the first Mirror's Edge, a massive, massive fan of it, and I felt like playing Catalyst, especially in the first hour where it's reteaching you everything, I got a little bit like, I was a little underwhelmed by having to relearn everything again, but once you hit the sweet spot, once you start going up to full speed, you start seeing all the paths you want to do, start hitting the fastest times, then that sort of sweet spot is hit and you start get really getting into it. Um... So did you kind of experience much of, much of the combat in the in the beta beta? Because I think one of the first one of the bugbears for me from the first game was I, d- I didn't really understand how the combat kind of fit into stuff. Is there like any yeah. kind of flow this time? Like, does it work? Have you have you tried it? There is. There's there's two forms of combat. There's a the really cool one is where once you start bit building up your focus, Faith can basically hit an enemy and carry on running. So you're not killing them. You're just in out. You just carry on. on the head while you go. Yeah, like like a more punchy version of Mario. Um, <laughs> and then, But there's another one where you're sort of strafing around guards and it's a bit more... Um, you're trying to hit them in various different ways. So, <gasps> so like Dark Souls where you've got dodge roll? No. Aww, but wow. it's more... You use, if, I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, it's more how to to dodge in a certain way than come in for an attack. So I think they're trying to build it more in hand-to-hand combat. There's none of the yeah. gunplay from the first one. That's cool. Which... Um, I didn't. You know what? I didn't hate the gunplay in the first one. Uh, I'm, I'm it's not probably not. It's probably not in. Uh, like Faith hasn't got a very well defined character, but it's probably not in her character to murder people. But then she just kicked people off the roof. So maybe I don't know. She could be a psychopath. 
Either or, really. <laughs> but, your, um, your observations closely mirror. Uh, forgive, uh, I, I, I didn't even mean to do that. No, I, um, didn't, I can do mirror. Mirror those is the of, uh, one people don't okay. go for. <laughs> those of Sam Roberts. So Sam Roberts, the editor of PC Gamer, uh, went out uh, and saw it for them and also uh, wrote a piece for us on... He, I think he played actually the, uh, a, a, a not quite finished version of the whole game or was certainly given access to it, um, which is what the uh, piece in this month's magazine is based off. And he was hugely, hugely uh, excited by what he saw and felt that like they'd taken the stuff people liked about the first game and just expanded upon it um, and turned it into a, a lovely world that you can free run around and, uh, you know, very praiseworthy of the, the Faith character. Because, you know, we're still at a, 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 in a period of games where um, studios are churning out games with male leads and like it's good to see this one, uh, already I'd say an iconic character, being followed up on and, um, you know, being given even more power, right, to go and kick ass. Jen, you must be a Faith fan. I do. Not like the pun, the lady. Not the pun, but absolutely the lady. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first game. Um, and like you said, um, it was great to be able to play as a female character, kind of, you know, running across rooftops and stuff and, and the kind of first-person view, even though it made me a little bit sick at first when I first played the first game. I felt a little bit ill. I had to focus on that reticule. Um, but it was really fun to sort of, yeah, inhabit a female body, even if, like, clonk people on the head and shooting them wasn't as fun as I thought it would be in the first game. So I'm really looking forward to the next one. In fact, uh, the first the first two words of this preview is uh, no guns. So yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly my my kind of cup of tea. I genuinely think that's the that's the sort of next step for I, I'm going off on a tangent, but for for Naughty Dog is that that they are bye the, bye gunplay, not gunplay. No, no, sorry, not bye bye gunplay is uh, creating a game with an incredibly uh, believable female lead. Because mm. you think that they you know they they do female characters so well in terms of Ellie and Chloe and um, uh, sorry, Elena. no, I do mean Ellie. I mean uh, Ellie, Elena, Chloe, etc. I think the next step for them is to show their chops in terms of like, you know, really developing a female lead character. Yeah, I'd um, like that. We've had Nate. I, I want to. And, you know, they, they are such um, great guys at, at, at taking things forward, at, at entering new ground. And I think that like that's the, the one thing they haven't done yet. And I, th- I imagine if the, if it is over on the Uncharted series, that would be the next natural step. And um, this is my opinion. I don't have any insight into this whatsoever because Naughty Dog are one of the most secretive studios out there and that, I think it's one of the reasons they're so special but um, yeah I'd love to see them take that mantle and make it their own and run with it run with it if you will oh. 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 That's, not that's not going in your top damn five it, damn it. but yeah that is, so that's uh, you know just some elements of what I think is a, a great issue so Ghostbusters Uncharted Mirror's Edge uh, there's also we talked a couple of weeks ago on the Minisode which you can still download Minisode 5 I believe for uh, when you said four, excuse me, uh, we talked about the uh, uh, Dark Souls review and we talked about the Ratchet and Clank review. Uh, Jen was a big fan. Of so both. Uh, please check out <laughs> the magazine for those and, of course, the, uh, the episode, uh, mini-sode four to listen in for a bit more insights. Uh, elsewhere in the magazine, we, uh, we discussed Titanfall for a bit. We've predicted the uh, Euro 2016 tournament with an, an unexpected result. Um, we've done a big piece on uh, Street Fighter V, uh, the 10 tips you definitely stroke probably haven't tried yet so some bits in there for noobs and experienced players alike and we talked to jim ryan uh, the big plus of playstation europe uh, about uh playstation vr about early access uh, we even asked him about crush bandicoot oh but, my goodness um, 
Yeah, you'll have to uh, wait and see what he says in response to that. Uh, I think we should segue into some questions now, Ben. It wouldn't be an OPM UK podcast without some Let's do incisive and insightful questions. questions. To up that sounded really sarcastic, and I didn't mean it to. <laughs> this is um, a big problem, I think. And let's make sure, the first question, let's make sure, because last podcast, Jen felt um, like she was in a sort of personal Q&A session under the grill I think I think the first two questions went to Jen so (laughs) so this is from Grant Townsend on Facebook and he goes what game do you play when you just want to relax or get away from reality for a while after a long stressful day I like to jump on Skyrim have a walk around does anyone want to predict what my answer will be I want to say WWE you are correct yes of course some wrestling Uh, because so basically I I won't bore you with my daily routine but when I've had a day I I have a full day's work then I get home help put the help help bath the kids help put the kids to bed I have two daughters aged three and four months Um, and then it's sort of by the time we've cleared all the house stuff away dishes and all that boring things that you have to do when you get older um, it's like half nine ten o'clock and there's not really time to jump into a big you know shooter or um, open world experience. So WWE is the perfect game to dip into because I can play it for 15, 20 minutes, get two or three matches done, um, beat some goons up, goons <laughs> being like Jack Swagger. and uh, I'm gonna, I could play, make any names up and you guys would be like, and yeah, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Oh, we should play like, is it a real, <gasps> it a real wrestling real name, name or, or not? not? Oh, that's, that's happening next podcast. Okay. I think we each need our own little bespoke feature where we challenge the others. That'd I, be fun. We should do that. That would be good. Because mm. my favourite wrestler is Barry Lightswitch, but you know, he's a... Uh, no, nah, that's made up. Yeah. It's Come made up. Oh, you're too good at I this game. Know, I don't know. I was like, like narrowing <laughs> at you like, uh, Barry Light Twitter Switch. handle at Barry Light Switch. Uh, <laughs> that's your new Twitter handle. You realise yeah. that's already been made. It probably has. If you lose my challenge uh, next next podcast, you have to change your Twitter handle to, to Barry, Barry, Light Barry Light Switch. Switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, his finisher is obviously the lights out. So. <laughs> you see that works. Um, yeah, he's already got. He's, he's already a got a. Oh god, <laughs> I, this, this shows I've been around wrestling for too long. Maybe I should re- make a create a wrestler in WWE 2K16. Yeah, and we'll Barry get you Light on stream. Switch. Go Barry. Oh, what a terrifying thought. Jen, what is your uh, what game do you dip into when you oh, want to relax or get away well, from it all? You're going to say Dark Souls. No, because, again, I'm exactly like you in that you... I, I Personally, and I think like a lot of people are like this, you kind of want a game that you can just jump into and have like maybe 20 minutes or something on it and you kind of have a complete experience you think, oh, okay, I've had that little chunk of time because like we're all really busy. So when I get home, I'm like, oh, I've only got, you know, half an hour or so on sort of each game I want to dip into. Um, so something like Destiny is perfect for that. I'm still big on my Destiny. Dark Souls, I feel like uh, I definitely have to sort of have... Does Dark Souls help you relax? Well, no. I, I like got close to tears last night with a boss fight. Genuinely? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, genuinely. Wow. I had to stop playing because I was so emotional that I started you came in this morning, you were like, oh, I love Dark Souls. Well, this is the, is the thing. thing. I, like, I was like nearly crying. I was like, this game sucks. This game sucks. And I went to bed and I woke up and I was like, oh, I just want to play some Dark Souls. <laughs> i got to go to work. Um, but it, yeah, that's a very different experience where I feel like I have to sit down for like at least two or three hours at a time to sort of get in my groove with that. Uh, Destiny, you can just jump on, uh, like do my heroic strikes for the day or something, or, you know, get together with friends and do like a few rounds in the crucible. It's a very hop in, hop out game. So that's what I tend to go for when I haven't got so much time and I just want to chill out, shoot some aliens in the head or belly, wherever their sweet glowing spot is. Tyrone Bencott. <laughs> what now? Excuse me? You are, you okay? are you having a stroke? Can you hear I me? I Tyrant earlier. He just, he just answered the question. The Tyrant. I think every time I ask something, I've got to come up with a different spin on your name. Oh, I, I, uh, Tyrone Bencott is obviously just... Uh, nah, I'm not a fan of that one. I think the Tyrant, I've been thinking of like PSN names to change when it finally comes in. If it finally comes in. 
and uh, the tyrannical oh, you mean time. If, if, if uh, name, oh yeah, if name changing comes in. Yeah. The um, yeah, probably FIFA. Although that's again, it's similar to Gen. It's not good because I'll get into FIFA, and like you, I like having something where it's. Oh, I'm only going to be on it for 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm on it for an hour or two. <laughs> Uh, but, but also, then, I play WWE because I know I can win a lot. Well, this is what I was going to get onto. <laughs> yeah, so that's I the get thing, onto, yeah. So I get onto career mode, and I'll rack up a few easy victories. I'll get that one where I'm really struggling. They'll get a goal. I'll get frustrated, so it always ends with me just, like, rage quitting out of it. Just going, be frustrated. This sucks. is it. That's why I can't, like, play um, Dark Souls like that, because, like, if you're gaming when you're, like, emotional and ragey, you just get worse and worse and worse. Funny, my, my predecessor from way, way back on official PlayStation, so the, the, actually the launch editor of this magazine in its current guise, a guy called Tim Clark, um, when I used to sign into PSN in the PS3 days, uh, it would always come up as like, um, Tim Clark is playing, I don't know, FIFA 10, 3 for 11, uh, and it would have a match result of like Arsenal 11, Man United nil. And, like, <laughs> and I remember asking about it, and he basically said he just plays on like the most easy difficulty setting. Because he oh, just wants to score relax. loads of goals, yeah, and be yeah. like, you know, win the title with like a million points. Yeah, it's definitely a case of that, and it's the same with Destiny. It's like when you're com- really comfortable with a game to the point where you're like, I can go on and not have my ego battered. <laughs> you're it's like, slightly, I can do this. For me with FIFA, I like having this narrative. So at the moment, I'm playing as Bristol Rovers in League Two, and I like Aww. this idea of putting on professional and like oh, he's done good. T- taking them through the divisions and getting up to the top, and then. But like I the then have this like <laughs> this little switch in the back of my head as well, which is like, but if I'm doing it, I've got to win every match. They've got to be the perfect, most ultimate football team ever. <laughs> Having said that, I did manage to get this lad called uh, Rojas who uh, on a free transfer. And for uh, Bristol City, he's a 70, but he's quite nippy and he puts in a tackle. So now at the moment, like we are crushing it in the middle Look of the park. The twinkle in his eyes, Wilson. He's like talking about his son, <laughs> my boy, my boy Rojas. He, he does Go have on, a twinkle son. in his eyes. It is true. <laughs> yeah. You, you get attached to teams. It's like Pez when you find like players who no one's heard of. With Pez, it was even better because these were players that didn't exist, so they did become your virtual sons. <laughs> uh, next question is from Paul Peters on Facebook. Why do you mention Destiny all the time, Uh-oh. even though the comment sections are filled with people who hate it? Uh-oh. This is our second... I feel bad giving this a troll of the cast because this is actually a, a very pertinent point. I feel Destiny... <laughs> ben doesn't like Destiny. It's I'm not, not a fan of Destiny. Yeah, it's, Destiny is really Ooh. divisive in the fact that people who like Destiny go absolutely 100% into Destiny. They are committed to Destiny. Whereas if you don't get on with it, it, it then becomes this case of, well, this game is two years old. It still gets talked about in such reverential tones by the people again, who play it. Again, talking, uh, referencing uh, Mr. Mr. Gullman, who edits Games Master, again, second time in the podcast. Um, he was just saying today, wasn't he? He's like, it's just one of those games that will be around forever. And he loves it as well. I think he's dropped off on it a bit more now. He started playing it a lot earlier than I did. Uh, it's just it's just one of those games that sticks around, Paul, I'm afraid. Like, and there's a, there's a million of us out there. I think I think there was an article recently about like how how big the player base is still something like 18 million i don't know you'd have it's to check impressive. but like there's still a is lot that is that registered players though like who are playing like logging in day in day out couldn't tell you to be honest like, there's just people in the world who've used the word destiny in yeah a sentence. yeah and they're like there's like, another fan yeah check. he's a fan <laughs> can i just say on the subject of gm's matthew gilman we haven't mentioned robin valentine who's become our like that's true like place, uh, early, our OPM on in, early on in podcast the, mascot we haven't mentioned yeah, him early yet on today. in the podcast we 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 would you know throw in What's, a lot of refs is he in this issue in in the divinity our rpg yes, alternative he, picks uh, he's our rpg expert Anyway, it doesn't matter. He won't listen to this anyway. No. Anyway, sorry, Paul. Uh, basically, getting the crucible, getting the crucible one v one me. Andrew James at Hate Mail on Twitter asks: Despite how eagerly anticipated No Man's Sky is, 
Are there any concerns you still have about the game? Repetitive environments, etc. Jennifer Simpkins. Yeah. Your played first it. ever Sky. official play, official PlayStation magazine cover feature for issue one two one. You're so proud of it. I know it off by heart. So proud of it. And I mean I that as a compliment. It. I framed it. You framed it. <laughs> she really did. Uh, I think you are best placed to answer this inquiry. Uh, yes, I would agree with you because <laughs> I I went hands on and um, yes, I will say that um, there are causes for concern and if you read the feature um kind of that was one of the main things i think you probably picked up that the devs were worried about um in that i think i, I quoted sean murray who's saying nine tenths of the game will be boring kind of being a little bit facetious but not really like i think he understands that because of the w nature of the game and how it's procedurally generated like there's a huge chance that a lot of the worlds that people might come across uh they might come across a lot of boring ones that perhaps don't have like incredible color contrast and aren't bursting with life and 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 that half the fun of the game for a lot of people will be having to push through to to find those rare instances of beauty so i think it has the potential to be disappointing in that way for a lot of people. I think there is a lot of mathematical probability that there will be repetitive environments, um, but it, it depends on the kind of gamer you are and whether you're the kind of dogged person like I am who sort of gets off <laughs> in a little way in, in, the, in the challenge of stuff. OPM <laughs> after dark. <laughs> Wait, we haven't mentioned <laughs> Baywatch Nights. Oh my See, my, 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 my influence is, there to, it is. It's working its way in. Sake. I'm going to leave so I finish in three it's your first podcast back you'll be like Baywatch Nights and Matt Pellet's going to be like what? Yeah. Well, we love Baywatch Nights man that's all we talk about on the podcast yeah we've got Robin a special Valentine Baywatch, Night Baywatch Nights that's our <laughs> Robin just slow-mo running across a beach in a red bikini <laughs> wow that's an image that I will be saving until later so we're just going to like completely nuke this question <laughs> and go on to our final one which is Pete Wisdom at Higgy Baby on Twitter asked, the hype for Overwatch is massive. Why do you think team multiplayer games are so popular now when stuff like Brink sank without a trace? And I think, so to jump in with an answer, is that uh, over the last few years on uh, PC, MOBAs have become insanely popular. Uh, League of Legends, Smite, and it's really put an emphasis on team play now. Yeah, I think it's an esports thing, definitely. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot more games. Even Call of Duty has gone down the esports route. Uh, there are a lot of games that are built now to be watched, and games like Overwatch look amazing yeah. and uh, require team play Exactly. Uh, for you to... Whereas in the past, something like Brink, you'd either have to commit to a progression system or play... or a leaderboard system, mm. whereas that naturally over time the appeal diminishes. But when it's uh, when it's down to like, oh, my team are always in a league or along those lines, then yeah, I think there's there's an incentive that will never die for a game like that, and that's why we are seeing a lot more multiplayer shooters take on elements of the MOBA genre. Yeah, Good answer. It's a solid answer. Good question. Nailed that. Not Good. just an ugly face. <laughs> Good questions, good answers. Good, uh, good questions podcasts and hopefully yeah. a good issue. Uh, as I say, it's on sale now, issue one, two, three. It's got Uncharted, it's got Ghostbusters on the cover, it's got Dark Souls, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Can we just say as well, all. the wallet for Ghostbusters is just magnifique. Beautiful. Yes. Magnifique, to there continue some, the French theme. There's, some, there's an iconic thing that we discussed, and there's also some shininess on there. So um, please do look out for it in the stores and purchase it if you are uh, intrigued. You should be intrigued. It's a really good issue, I think. Um, thank you for listening. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at OPM underscore UK. And go on, Ben. At Ben Tyra, T-Y-R-E-R. Don't misspell it, guys. Jen. And mine is at It's Jen Sim. I basically tweet stuff about Dark Souls and gifts of kittens. 
And mine is, uh, if you like football, football and some more football, mine is uh, at Benji Wilson, B-E-N-J-I Wilson. Uh, so yeah, come talk to us uh, and, and let's chat Ghostbusters and yeah. other things. Um, oh my God, what's going on? You can also chat to us at facebook.com forward slash official PlayStation Magazine UK. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Any final words, guys? Yeah, buy Uncharted for Game of the Year. Au revoir. <laughs> it is all gold. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo!